Welcome to Starting a Business Simplified. We have a special episode today with Amy Trow, founder of the Moms on a Mission. Amy is a self-proclaimed chaos coordinator and mom of two. She's the founder and CEO of the Moms on a Mission community and hosts the Motivated Mompreneur podcast. She has made it her mission to empower and educate fellow moms with the tools and tactics to grow their businesses and ensure that no woman feels alone in their journey. It's such an honor to have her here, and the conversation that we have in this episode is around leaving a medical career that you have established and feel comfortable in to go out into the world and start your own business. It's scary, and there's a lot of things that happen. We don't realize how much our mindset has to shift. In this episode, we're going to dive into those topics and more. Hello, and welcome to Starting a Business Simplified, Navigating the Shift, a podcast for those of you looking to transition from a medical career to starting an online business. I will be sharing how to get started, success stories, and more. If you are looking to make the move from medicine to online, but don't know where to start or have a business, but are looking for business tips and encouragement on your journey, this is the podcast for you. I'm Susie Rains, your host, and I look forward to helping you simplify starting a business. Hi, Amy. Welcome to the podcast. I am so thrilled to be here and have the opportunity to speak to your audience today. So thank you, Susie, for having me. Yeah, I'm actually, I was looking forward to this episode because of the topics that we're going to talk about, a lot of really Mm -hmm. good stuff. So before we dive in though, if you wanted to give us just a little bit about you and your journey to becoming a business owner. Sure. So my name is Amy Tra. I am the owner of The Moms on a Mission. We do one-on-one mentoring, group coaching programs, and have a membership community as well. So our goal is to empower and educate mompreneurs with tools and tactics to grow their business so they go from surviving to thriving without the overwhelm. Because let's face it, life is crazy. And my journey was a a non-traditional one. I did not go to business school. I don't have my MBA. I have a degree in physical therapy. And I worked in the therapy field for a total of 16 years before I officially retired this past December. And really so many others, it was the pandemic that was the eye-opening experience. I had noticed several changes over the course of my career. So many listeners have and can relate. And It was the pandemic that was finally the wake-up call in our department. They were looking for volunteers to take a furlough. So knowing that I had two small children at home, I had a kindergartner and a preschooler. I knew there was no way I could be working, taking care of the kids, trying to homeschool. It's just, I did what I had to do. So I was afforded the opportunity to take a voluntary furlough. And towards the end of it, it was, okay, am I going to get called back? What's plan B? do I really want to be doing this anymore? It really was that eye-opening experience that I needed because I had been working 40 hours a week, just going through the motions. I didn't hate my job, but I just lost the fire and passion for it because so many of us, 
patient care went to the bottom of the list of duties that I was doing every every single day. And there were just more and more restrictions from insurance companies, more and more roadblocks. I know what was best for my patients, yet I'm having non-medical people making medical decisions for them. And that just, it broke my heart honestly. So the pandemic gave me the ability to really dive in and do the internal work and figure out what am I doing? So it was at that point that I'm like, you know what? I've always thought about starting a business. Why not just go for it? So I did. I opened up a residential home organizing business. I was super local to moms in the area and it was great. I was able to grow that business to exactly where I hoped and dreamed it would be. Meanwhile, I did go back to work part-time just because benefits, healthcare, and paid time off, all of that, I was still working in a part-time capacity. But I grew that first business to the point where I was ready to walk away from my job after about a year of running that business. But just something felt off. And again, did the deep digging and found out, you know what? Like, I really liked learning about business, starting and growing this business. I had started a Facebook community for local moms in the area that were also running businesses and just pulling together this community and helping women navigate starting and running a business. That's where I was really getting fulfillment. And I started to look back. I'm like, that's what I was doing every day in my job in the therapy field. I'm empowering and educating my patients. I'm teaching them how to fix themselves. I'm not doing the work. I'm just teaching them, okay, here's what's going on. Here's what you need to do. And I'm going to be your biggest cheerleader and help you through it. Really all that experience led me up to this place. So back in April of 22, I walked away from my original business and went all in on Moms on a Mission, which I'm currently doing. And it just, it's so fulfilling and just it lights me up to see another woman succeed, to go from that place where they're just frustrated, ready to throw in the towel, to just thriving and be able to build their life to be how they want it to look. Because we do have that choice. There's so much internal work that goes on. So in a nutshell, that's my journey. <laughs> I love it. There's so many wonderful nuggets in that story, in your story and what you've come through. The thing that stands out the most to me is taking your experience and you didn't go transition from physical therapy to another medical clinical job or business, but you took what you learned as a physical therapy professional and took those skills, all of that teaching and, and showing people what to do, helping them help themselves. That's all transferable. And for my listeners out there, they're thinking, I have to do a business around what I already know. That's not necessarily true. You can take what you, the experiences and skills you have and transition them into something you love. And it doesn't oh have gosh, to be yes. exactly where you came from. Yeah. And I feel like so often that's where we discount our past experience. Say you have a nursing degree. Patient care is literally one of the thousands of jobs you do throughout the day. Start yes. to look at what you're doing because you are a master delegator. You are in a leadership role. You are navigating aides and LPNs and support staff and so many pieces. You're helping this patient 
to improve through the course of their care. And it's just incredible the things we do that we don't give ourselves credit for the experience that we have. Your life experience, your experience in healthcare has taught you a lot more than you realize it has taught you. Because even from a regulatory standpoint, there's so much in healthcare that we know about how the healthcare system works that helps us understand how our business functions, how it needs to run. Your experience counts. It matters. So don't discount that. Yeah, exactly. And from my experience, medical, it's the patient care and anything that we do, that's caring for somebody and helping somebody. And that is transferable across anything that you do. And when you care about the people you work with and the clients you have, that comes across in whatever it is that you're teaching them or coaching them on or helping them with. And then they're going to be wanting to come back to you. So for those people that are questioning, is it viable for me to do a business? Is it going to be sustainable? Am I going to be able to get clients and keep clients? When you care about them and you put them first, which is what we do as medical people, that's we're born that way, I think. <laughs> we, just, we just care so much that we're going to take care of clients. We're going to take care of our customers in a way that they're going to come back. Exactly. They're going to tell their friends, <laughs> their friends yes. are going to tell their friends and it's not hard. And on that topic, I'm just, one thing that I know I struggled with my journey is limiting beliefs mm -hmm. and not believing that there's people out there that are going to want my services. And I know that's a big one for people leaving a profession that they went to school for, that they trained for, and they've been successful in, and then just looking out into the world and saying, is it possible? Yeah. Yeah. And that's something I had to work on as well. It's just really adopting that growth mindset to know these stories that are running through my head aren't necessarily facts. They're stories. So learn to take a step back and view it with View your thoughts with curiosity and start to reframe jealousy. A lot of times we feel the temptation to quit because we see others that are successful. They're the version of ourselves we want to be in five years or aspire to. And we limit ourselves where we can really take that mindset and that belief and flip it around as proof of concept. It's showing there is a market demand that you can be successful. And we often forget everybody starts as a beginner and we need to embrace that. I mean, look at JK Rowling. She was turned down for her Harry Potter series, what, 12, 13 times by different publishing houses. Look at that. But she persisted and she just, she knew she had value to bring to the table. So she just kept up with it. So we all have to accept being a beginner. It's okay. It lets you practice on those small stages before you have so many eyeballs on you. It lets you really hone in your craft and really develop your skill set without as much of a fear of judgment because there's not so many eyeballs on you. We forget that every single thing we do, we have to be a beginner for the first time. Riding a bike. You don't just hop on a bike and start riding as a kid. It's you have to learn. You have to learn how to make those adjustments. And the more you do it, the easier it gets to the point where it becomes second nature. Same thing when a kid's learning how to walk. They don't fall down one time and go, nope, just not going to walk anymore. <laughs> it's just when you reframe your thoughts to that, it's no, this is just part of the process. And is it always going to be easy? No, that's crazy. If you think that you wake up one day in a thriving business, 
oh, it's a roller coaster of ups and downs. But if we can really start to identify first the self-limiting beliefs, we can truly cause a change and a transformation from there. Yeah, that is such a huge thing. And I think about the examples you gave with riding a bike and walking. It's once you get comfortable, we want to do the next level. So right now it's not very comfortable. So we have to get comfortable. So it's okay to fall down, fall off your bike, all of those things. It's okay to do that because you learn how to balance again. And it's not that you it's bad that you fell off your bike. You actually learned from that experience. Okay. Now, when I start feeling this way, I need to get my balance back. And that's something as a new business owner that I think you had a business before that was successful, but you pivoted. That's a scary thing to do, but you learned from that first business, what to take away from it that would help you be successful in the next business. And so for a business owner, people out there who are thinking about starting or have started a business, Don't be afraid to make changes. I think that's one of the biggest things that I'm learning is that, like you said, it's a small stage right now. It's okay. Make the changes because that's going to move you to that next level. And guess what? Once you get comfortable riding a bike, then you start riding without your hands. (laughs) And when when you're running, you start to do other things. You walk and then you run. And some people do track and field. Some people do gymnastics. If they didn't learn how to walk, they're not going to do flipping in the air. That's not something that's easy, but that's the fun of being your own business. So thinking about, yeah. And thinking about that concept, what, what really resonates with me and with your story is that when we work in a medical profession, in a structured environment, we don't have room to explore and be curious and expand and grow. And so I want my listeners to really think about how exciting it is. Like you said, have fun. It's about having fun. So we're having fun and we're growing and we're falling and we're loving it. What suggestions do you have about around boundaries of work life? Because we're excited. We want to start our business. We're going to go from a 12-hour shift to doing our own business but we want to make sure that we don't overdo it. Yeah. What would you suggest and, around that? And this is something I had to learn the hard way because with our jobs in healthcare, it's go. There's always tasks and assignments. We know the flow of the day. We know that, okay, this is my job. This is what I'm going to do. So I think a lot of business owners almost have, when you step full-time into your own business, it's almost overwhelming because you have an abundance of time now. So you go from this structured 12 hours that you've worked for years to sudden, okay, there's nobody breathing down my neck. I'm not getting 20,000 emails. I can actually focus, but I don't know how. So for myself, I really had to make strict boundaries with my time. And so I literally like, cause I ran on a schedule for 16 years every 30 to 45 minutes, I had a new patient coming in that I had to be on time or else that impacted my performance review. I had to develop a structure from that, knowing that I came from that structure. I had to create a structure within my business. So I really maintained strict work hours. So when I would leave and clock out for the day, I was done. So I needed to know, okay, let's first start with, let's establish these work hours. What hours am I going to be working? Because when you're working from home, 
it's tempting to work nonstop. It's, oh, I'll just do this. I'll just do that. That's a great way to burn yourself out really fast. You need to have that designated work-life boundary, those boundaries with your time. And then I really took a step back and analyzed, okay, in my business, what do I need to accomplish every single week? Okay, I need to dive into my bookkeeping because that's something, it's not overly complicated. So I'm okay doing it myself. I'm not ready to outsource that quite yet. And then I looked at, okay, I know I need to create emails each week for my email audience and my subscribers. All right, what content do I need to write? And just being really intentional about what tasks get done on what days. I have days where I just record podcast episodes. I have days where I focus on the copywriting aspect of it. It's just really setting myself up with those blocks of time and schedule and making sure I do take a lunch, making sure I take some time for me too. Because again, we tend to get into work mode and then it's like, we forget, wait, why did I leave my nine to five to do this? We get wrapped yeah. up in it and then just end up burnt out. So really realizing that that you need boundaries with your time too. This is now your job. This is the way you are producing income. So treat it like a job and create those boundaries. Yeah, there's so many great suggestions in that. Put it on your calendar, set those hours. That's the biggest one. I think I I struggled with that too, because I was used to, we're used to being driven by the demand. So we come to work, we punch in and we have our patients and they're on a schedule. And so we're like, okay, if I don't have a patient, then I have this other stuff that I know I have to do. And you have a ton of stuff you have to do outside of patient care. And so you're completely filled by other people. Yeah. When you start a business, now you're, there's days when, before I had set up my block time, I would come sit down at my computer and just sit at and stare at it and go, what should I be working on? I'm not Same. even sure. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Yeah. And you just sit there. Cause you're like, okay, nobody's like breathing down my neck. Like you said, no one's breathing down my neck. I don't have a schedule of patients. That's like filling up yeah. my schedule. I don't have these drivers. I think it's the, and we're in drive mode. I think as medical professionals, we learn how to be driven by circumstance, by what's happening and whatever it is. And if you're coming from emergency medicine, I was a first responder. You're driven by the patient by for sure. If those doors fly open, you're just going and going until you can stop, maybe take a breath, maybe get a sip of water, and then you're back at it again. So sitting down at my desk, I was like, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. And I think it's good that we have that conversation and let people know that, yeah, we are, we're driven by circumstance all day, every day. It's so many external factors dictating what we do and when we do it that, okay, now that it's me versus me, now what? So just setting yourself up for success and leaning into, okay, what have you done? What's been working throughout your career and make it work in your business? Yeah. I want to touch on something around what you, your specialty is working with moms. Tell us a little bit about you. You've taught, we've talked before this podcast about being visible as a mom business owner. Tell us a little bit more about specifically what you do and how you help moms. Sure. So for me, I help moms primarily by overcoming those self-limiting beliefs. In order to get visible, you have to develop the confidence within yourself to be confident around what you're offering. 
Personally, I am an introverted person. I enjoy just snuggling up and reading a book. I wasn't ever on social media until I started my first business. I didn't have Facebook. I didn't have Instagram. I had none of it because I just didn't care. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to do me. You do you. Like, that's great. I just didn't want to be a part of it. But now knowing that I have value to share and I know that it works, I need to get that information out there. I have the responsibility to share that with the world. And for me, what motivates me is empowering that woman that I was a few years back, just frustrated and burnt out working a career that I didn't love, that just changed so much, that just didn't align with my morals and values anymore. So to me, pulling that out of another woman and developing that confidence is the first step to visibility. The second step is just being willing to put yourself out there and it is uncomfortable. Now it's easier just to be like, okay, I have a website, so I'm going to build it and they will come. No, this is not Chick-fil-A. You have <laughs> to get out there. You have to be the one that's proactive. You have to, you know, get on different podcasts, go on a podcast or put yourself out there and let the world know that you exist. And that's hard. That's hard at first because it's scary. We have a lot of internal dialogue that's, okay, people are going to judge me. Is this going to work? What are they going to think? You have to, again, it goes back to that mindset, shifting that mindset and really truly believing in who you are and your offers. And then there's so many different ways organically to market yourself that we discount. Even as we were touching on earlier, your customer experience is huge. And become, coming from healthcare backgrounds, we have excellent customer service skills because we're oh, having yeah. to deal with a lot <laughs> of strong personalities because when you don't feel good, you're not a very nice person, myself included. It just, it's proven when you don't feel good, when you're in pain, you're going to be a little grumpy. So we're used to navigating that. So we do a wonderful job creating these exceptional customer experiences experiences. So we need to get testimonials, have those people refer us, get that validation so you can show others, Hey, look, I'm celebrating my clients wins today. Look at what my clients are doing. So you're basically selling yourself through proof of concept. And I love that. And plus it's celebrating them because they worked really hard at it. So yeah, it's not as hard and, as we're making out to be. Yeah. And to it ties back once you do that, it ties back to when the client is happy and has a wonderful experience. That's an immediate confidence booster. Oh yeah, It's total confirmation that what you're doing is meaningful and that you're good at it. Exactly. And you don't have to be afraid to ask. People are used to it. You know, how many times do you buy something on Amazon and then a few days later, review your purchase or you buy something on Kohl's, review your purchase. People are used to us asking for testimonials, asking for product reviews. So just ask. It's okay. Even if, you know, at the beginning, you have to incentivize it a little bit. That's okay. Hey, leave your review and get 10% off your next purchase. It doesn't have to be anything crazy, but sometimes just those little things can really add up and solidify you as a business owner, as you are the solution to their problem. Yeah. Yeah. I have in my business, I have that experience. I wrote a workbook and it's a, for doing a business plan for you to start a business and it's out there. And when I wrote it, I sent it out to people to test, read it and give me feedback. And it was the, that was the best thing I could have done because it gave me the confidence and the reassurance that what I was doing was meaningful. 
the people that reviewed it and they got, they gave me feedback. They gave me constructive criticism. So things that could have been improved, but they also gave me a lot of praise. And I was shocked. I was like, oh, people like this. Oh my God. And then it like boosted me. So I was like, I can take things to the next level now. I totally get that encouragement just from people enjoying what I have. So I recommend just get out there and be messy. It's okay. (laughs) Exactly. We're so worried about things having to be perfect because for so long, we can't, couldn't mess up. You can't make mistakes. So we have this internal dialogue that if you mess up, like, Things are not going to be well. You could do serious harm to the patient. We're talking like with you as a first responder, that's life and death. Luckily, what I was doing, it's not life and death in physical therapy. Most of the time, that's when we're calling the first responders. And (laughs) we're conditioned not to fail. And it's not that you're failing. You're just getting information. It's all an experiment. You're finding what works, what doesn't. You're tweaking it. There we go. Yeah. And I love for the word fail. My husband told me this and I was, he was so supportive. I loved it. It's your first attempt in learning. Yeah. Really? And that's okay. And I love that you touched on that. We as medical professionals don't want to fail. We can't, not that we don't want to, but literally protocols and systems and everything, like we're running those in our head constantly. Exactly. Do this, do do that. Yeah. You can cause some serious damage. If I took a post-op rotator cuff and had them try to activate their arm, like day one, we could subluxate, we could tear it. There's so many things that could happen. Like we, yes, we're constantly running those protocols and procedures and then everything else piled up on the day on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. So what, this has been an amazing conversation. I really appreciate you being here. It's so nice to have other people hear and know that we did it. Yeah, exactly. And guess what? We're being messy. Like we're recording a podcast and anything can happen, but we're here and we're talking about it and this is how it is. And that's how, and I think that's the fun I'm learning to overcome that perfection and that nobody's going to die. If I put a podcast out, (laughs) it's like, nobody's actually going to die. So I'm okay. Exactly. But just allow yourself to have the space to do it messy and be a beginner. Love that. Yeah, for sure. What is a takeaway that you would love my listeners to, um, so an action step they could do based on just what we've been talking about today, something that they could just do when they finish hearing the podcast. Just take messy action, take messy, consistent action. You're not going to be perfect. So really take that step back, analyze those narratives that you're telling yourself and just start implementing. Don't stop consuming. We get so, we're living in a time where it's a blessing and a curse because literally anything we need to know is at our fingertips, but we get caught up in our head. And so we don't take action because we think it has to be perfect because we're afraid to mess up. Just take the messy action, just be consistent and you will see results. Yeah, I love that. Thank you so much for being on, Amy. This was a blessing for me and I think our listeners are going to get so much out of it. And for my listeners out there, as I always say, keep it simple. Thanks for listening to this episode of Starting a Business Simplified, Navigating the Shift. If you enjoyed this episode, then hit the subscribe or follow button on your favorite podcasting platform so you'll never miss an episode. This podcast is for you. 
So be sure to reach out and let me know what you thought about this episode. You can join our Facebook community, Women Medical Professionals Starting an Online Business, where we share resources and information as a community. Click on the link in the show notes to join.